You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rising above life's challenges. In this podcast, Eckhart talks with a live audience. He asks, when life's challenges strike, how do we respond? Do we rise above worn-out patterns with new awareness, or do we spiral into the old unconsciousness? He says, we shouldn't blame ourselves when we relapse. Suffering and setbacks are a necessary and vital part of the awakening. How reactive are you still? And don't condemn yourself whenever you, you discover some kind of reactivity in yourself, whenever you discover you've fallen back into complete identification with arising thoughts. It's a good that discovery is the decisive moment. And it, oh, you lost it for a few hours. You lost it for a day or two. Challenges, particularly. And so wherever a problem arises in your life, a challenge arises in your life, there's the test. Are you a reactive person? Does the challenge draw you back into your reactive personality with its old conditioned patterns? Or are you able to rise above conditioned thinking and then deal with the challenge? And you begin with little challenges. There are more little challenges in your life than big challenges. You have both, and then you have medium challenges. But the small challenges in your daily life probably come several times a day. And that's already the beginning of practice. And you yourself can just think back on a day, what were the small challenges? Now, the challenges are of two kinds external challenges and challenges that arise purely out of your mind. That are, there's no, no external situation that's challenging, but your mind is telling you that you are finding yourself in a challenging situation. At three o'clock in the morning, in bed, in a retreat, everything is quiet and fine, but suddenly your life is very challenging. And it's called my life. Oh my God, my life. It's my entire life is just, what's the expression? I have so much on my plate. Nice English expression. I have a lot on my plate. I have so much on my plate. How am I going to deal with all this? How is it going to work out? You could even carry that, your life, quotation marks. You can carry the burden of your life 
around with you, even as you walk around the lake, you're walking with the burden of my life, and you see the enormous discrepancy between the beauty of nature and my life. <laughs> and you feel even worse about my life, because nature is so beautiful, but, but you, don't, you don't get, it's just, you feel so heavy. And that's the unconscious state, and that's a huge challenge, but you don't even know it's a challenge. For you, it's, that's the reality of my life. And you never realize that the entire phenomenon that you call my life is ultimately a mental abstraction. <laughs> and this mental abstraction is what gives you your sense of self. It's amazing. And this is a burden, an enormous weight that you carry with you. I can often see it not so much here, although I can't see every one of you, but I don't see that, that the heaviness that people carry in ordinary existence. I sometimes, when I look at people, I feel that compassion, because I can see what a heavy weight they are to themselves, and they don't, they don't know it. I can sense, I can feel the heaviness of their person, of their personality, and for years it has accumulated more and more. Very strange. This is just a little anecdote, but it's connected to this. I'm often recognized in the street or wherever I am, that's just how it is, but quite often I recognize the person who is going to recognize me three days later, before they look at me, I know that they are awakening and that it is much more likely that the moment they look at me, they're going to recognize me. But not necessarily, of course, they have, might have awakened through other avenues of awakening. But the likelihood of being recognized, I often see that in people, he or she is, I don't think it like that, it's just a knowing that without concepts, and I can sense any second now, they're going, oh, Eckhart. <laughs> or not, but <laughs> but very often I can be absolutely sure that they have never heard of me and, or anybody else, anything to do with spiritual, because, because there is such a dense veil that they carry around, such a heavy weight, there has not been even a glimpse of the transcendent dimension. There are still millions who live like that, and, and so they, they carry that, that heaviness, and that heaviness is their personality. And there's suffering in that, and they may not even know that they are suffering, that the, heart, the entire entity is a suffering entity. They don't know it because suffering has become so habitual to them that they no longer know they are suffering. It's like a noise in the background that never stops, and after a while you, you don't hear it anymore, until suddenly, this, this noise, which is quite disturbing, suddenly it stops and you go, oh, what was that? Well, that was a noise that had been going on for years and you didn't even know it because it was, had become habitual. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince. 
Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. So there's this, the suffering entity, people. The egoic self actually is invested in its suffering. It grows through the suffering, through the resistance, through the complaining, through the drama through the whatever it is, it loves it. It thinks it's it. <laughs> so the heaviness of the personality here begins to recede and it doesn't disappear completely, of course. You remain a person with certain characteristics, but as the awakened consciousness that's emerging gradually becomes integrated, certain aspects of your personality also begin to change, especially the very dysfunctional ones that are creating suffering for yourself and others. And there may be some that just don't change, but that's not a big deal. You may have certain limitations in this or that area, and it doesn't change. There was a spiritual teacher, very powerful teacher in India, Nisargadatta, who was a chain smoker before awakening and remained a chain smoker after awakening. <laughs> he actually sold cigarettes before he awakened. He was a cigarette seller. <laughs> you might have said, that's not very good karma. But of course, when he awakened, he transcended karma. And finally he died of throat cancer. It didn't matter to him anymore. And some people judge him and say, if you were awakened, you would not be smoking anymore. That makes sense, doesn't it? But it didn't, it's, it was a limitation. So give it some time, this integration, and apply the presence to every arising challenge in your life and challenge the greater part of challenges well a large part of challenges comes through other people you might have noticed people can cause lots of challenges because they're so just so difficult to deal with <laughs> it could come through your health situation the body and it could come through your work situation, but it's related to your financial situation. Those are the challenges that have certain external 
causes. So you have on the one hand challenges that arise just through your mind, the unobserved mind, and then others actual challenges in your external life. But the, the question is, what is the state of consciousness with which you meet the arising challenges in your life? And ultimately, your entire life is not determined by what happens to you, but by how you respond to what happens. That is, your freedom is how you respond to any event that happens to you. And your response determines further events. The important thing is that you gradually begin to realize, oh, the sound is making a strange sound. You gradually begin to realize that what until recently you called my life is ultimately something relatively insubstantial. It's a story in your mind. And then that becomes less of a burden. The entire narrative of me, of me and my life, is then gradually, and that is part of the integration, is gradually no longer perceived as a burden, and you no longer derive your sense of who you are from the story of your life, the narrative. So who you are is the, the presence now, and that's timeless and it's unconditioned. And all that remains then is memories. Of course you remember your past, but you have now a totally completely different relationship with your past. What is that when we talk of your past? Thoughts in your head is your past. And what's your future? Thoughts in your head is the future. So both past and future are experienced and cannot be experienced in any, any other way as thoughts in your mind. The rest is just the immediate experience of this moment. And even whenever you label whatever you experience in this moment mentally by judging it this way or that, that's also the past the, that is coloring the way in which you're experiencing this moment. So you have a certain relationship to whatever is arising in this moment, and you call it this or call it that, but there's another way of experiencing this moment, and that is accepting it as it is, without the compulsive need to label it. And that's an amazing liberation. And then you are living as the deep I more and more. And you no longer get the sense that you are this huge ball of problems that needs to be solved. A bit like the Gordian knot that's in Greek, I believe, in ancient Greek mythology. I don't think it was even mythology, I think it's an actual historical fact. There was the Gordian knot, K-N-O-T. There was this huge thing, a rope that was tied into a huge knot. I don't know how big it was. And the challenge was to disentangle this Gordian knot, and nobody could do it. They said, oh my God, 
And they said, whoever can disentangle it will conquer the world. <laughs> That's the story. And then a young man came. His name was Alexander, I think. And he looked at it and he drew his sword and cut through it. <laughs> and so he became Alexander the Great, who conquered the, the known world at the time. And so the Gordian knot, I'm, use, I'm using this story as an analogy. For the, the egoic self, it means you have tied yourself into a Gordian knot. Me and my problems. And you, then you attempt to disentangle one thing after another, but while you solve one problem here, another one pops up there, and then you go there, and then, okay, I've dealt with this now. <sighs> that work problem is solved, but the finances are working again, that's great. And then suddenly your spouse goes off with someone else, or suddenly you have a pain here. <sighs> Life never leaves you alone for very long. But the main thing is that this entity that the Buddha calls the self, it doesn't take time to transcend it because you would have to, to some extent, psychoanalysis tries to solve the problem of you. Although there is something to be said for occasionally looking at certain things in your past, but your main area, your main focus needs to remain the present moment, except ways when you might suddenly discover why it is that every time somebody makes you wait, you become extremely upset and angry, far beyond what would be warranted by this particular situation. And suddenly you may remember, as you become more conscious of your emotions, that perhaps when you were a child, who knows, your dad abandoned you and the family when you were very young, and this sense of abandonment comes over you even when you're waiting for somebody and somebody arrives late. You re overreact totally because there's a heavy pain body associated with the idea of abandonment. And you, this has been unconscious. And suddenly, as you bring more presence, you become more aware of that emotion that arises instead of being it. You are the awareness that sees the arising of the emotion. And then it sometimes happens that when you clearly see the arising of an emotion, you may suddenly also remember where it started. You may, or you may not. It could be helpful if you remember where it started, but it's not an absolute necessity, because it could have started in another lifetime. It could have started 30 million years ago, when you were a sea creature, crawling along, and then you got eaten up by another one. <laughs> and that was the beginning of your pain. <laughs> but the Gordian knot of yourself, the sword that Alexander used to cut the Gordian knot, is what I sometimes call, I haven't used that expression in a while, is the sword of presence. And the sword of presence cuts through the accumulations of time in your mind. Time is in your mind. The sword of presence cuts through all that. And that is the, the image of the sword is a helpful one here. And that is 
the entire teaching of Zen is based on that approach. It is a cutting through the BS. The unobserved mind creates that. Or as Fritz Perls, the founder of Gestalt Therapy, I believe, said there are three types of garbage that the mind can create when it's not being observed, and that is chicken shit, bullshit, and elephant shit. (laughs) (laughs) If you can access this thought in any situation, especially when you feel the arising of unhappiness in whatever form, access the thought. It is not suppression. It has nothing to do with suppressing a feeling. Suppressing a feeling requires willpower and requires you to go tense and you go, I'm not going to feel that. I'm too present to feel that. (laughs) I'm spiritual. I don't feel things like that anymore. (laughs) Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Sometimes you get, especially Westerners, but maybe also some Japanese who practice, who are Zen practitioners, they look extremely stern, and but there's something vital missing. They're mistaking willpower for realization, for presence. The true Zen master may look also stern, but that behind that sternness, there is something else. The high-quality drawings of ancient Zen masters, you can see both dimensions. You can see the sternness in their facial expression, but the softness behind it. So that the Zen master might look at you and go, but there's something else behind it. This, this is not willpower. It's the sort of presence that cuts through time. So whenever you feel any kind of dysfunction arising in your life externally, any form of unhappiness, and I'm using this generic term, could mean all kinds of things, any form of suffering or unhappiness. First, of course, you need to recognize that it's suffering. That already implies there's some awareness there. To get irritated somewhere is already a mild form of suffering. To get irritated by somebody or by some situation. The ego loves the irritation because the irritation makes something or somebody wrong. The thing that irritates you is wrong. The person that irritates you is wrong. Oh, he's so irritating. What does it mean? It means I get irritated when I look at him. (laughs) He's not irritating. I irritate myself when, (laughs) when I listen to him and when I look at him, I irritate myself. 
that's more true to say than he is irritating. That's a ridiculous protection. So you do it to yourself. And as awareness grows, you realize that, that these are inner states that you do to yourself. And then whenever any irrit upset or unhappiness in whatever form arises, you go, okay, I lost the present moment. Where is the present moment? Oh, it's here. And the first thing, then quick two steps, first thing, sense perceptions, suddenly you come to your senses. That's part of being present. And then you go deeper. You become aware of yourself as the presence. That's the sort. And there can be no unhappiness can survive in the state of presence. No problem can survive when you're totally present. A challenge? Yes, but not a problem. Do you have a problem? I ask that in the power of now. Do you have a problem at this moment? Even if you have a toothache, it's a toothache. It's not a problem. Yeah, but I need to go to the bathroom and I'm sitting here in the middle and I can't get up. <laughs> it's not a problem. No matter what happens, it's not a problem. <laughs> I can't pay my mortgage on my house at the end of this month. Well, I asked, do you have a problem now? Yeah, I have a problem now. I can't pay the mortgage at the end of the month. Now means now. So you have to come into the now. At this moment, there is no mortgage anywhere. I can't see it. There's neither mortgage nor missing payment or anything of that kind. There's none of that at this moment. The time may come when I sit down at a table and a piece of paper and I focus attention on the situation that may require action. And then I apply focused thinking, money, where is it coming from? What action can I do? Then you become still for three, four, five seconds and alert. So you're still present. Even while you're thinking about how to solve the problem of how you're going to pay the mortgage at the end of the month, you're still, you go into stillness, alertness, and then you think again. Then you come to the end, what else is there that I can do? I don't know. You go back and you might have another thought and you write down the possible causes of action. And in the meantime, you don't complain about the situation and feel sorry for yourself. Mental image of poor me, victim identity. Why is this happening to me? What have I done wrong? Why is this always happening to me? If that hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened. Why did I allow that to happen? I should not have allowed that to happen. If I, then I would be able to pay the mortgage. Why am I so stupid? Why am I always so stupid? It goes on. It goes on and on. It's all mental constructions. And then the amazing thing is, is something almost magical happens when you become aligned with the isness of things and live more and more in the present. First, not only are you able to apply focused thought much more powerfully, which you might need to solve what that particular situation, which is no longer a problem, it's a situation to be solved. Problem means your mind is thinking about it without 
any possibility of action right now. And it's wild thinking, wild imagining even worse things. What happens if I can't pay it? I have to move out, I'll be in the street, or I'll be in some crummy little place, or I have to buy a tent. And I'll be living in a tent and I'll get, winter will come and I'll be really cold. And I'll catch a cold and I'll be ill and then I can't pay the hospital bills. <laughs> you apply focused thought to a situation and there's no longer a complaining entity, somebody who feels sorry for themselves. There's no victim anymore. You're not a victim of life or anybody, not even a victim of yourself, of your dysfunctional behavior in the past. <laughs> Many people have considered themselves victims of their own dysfunctional behavior. I should never have done that. Why did I do that? I wouldn't be in this mess now if I... all that falls away. When you approach the now, with you have this sort of presence that brings you. But not only that, some magic comes in when you are aligned with the isness of things instead of internally resisting the isness of what is. Circumstances, I've experienced it many times in my life and other people have confirmed it. Circumstances have a tendency of becoming more helpful even though there may not be a direct correlation between an action that you take and a particular circumstance that is arising. In other words, it could be considered as a synchronistic event that suddenly arises that is helpful in your situation. But you don't know how it arose because there seemed to be no connection between anything that you did and suddenly that thing arising, it could be a person you suddenly meet or some information that you suddenly receive that opens a new way forward for you, an event, whatever it is. This is why it does not seem to be, Carl Jung called, called it a, an a-causal, which means a non-causal connecting principle, which means under the surface of this external sense-perceived reality, there's a deep connectedness of all things and all people. And when you align yourself with life, which is now, then the channel into the underlying invisible dimension where all is connected, the channel it opens up. And then the totality tends to work for you rather than against you, which does not mean that life will be completely free of challenges. It does mean, however, that you no longer perceive life as antagonistic. You no longer perceive it as hostile. The universe is no longer perceived as hostile. And that's a huge shift. Millions of people still consider the universe hostile. And when this shift comes, when you align yourself with life, which is now, and that now has a depth to it, and that now is more than what's happening in the now, that now is the essence of who you are, that now is consciousness, that now is the space in which everything happens. It's the underlying intelligence behind the manifestation of phenomenal existence, 
there's an underlying field of intelligence that connects everything and you are only an aspect of that. And so it is much more likely that helpful circumstances will arise and solve your problems than if you are resisting what is, then you really have to struggle. And if it is an external problem, not just mind, an external challenge, not mind created, a, a true external challenge also has the capacity of jolting you into awakening. It can give you a shock. It can destroy huge chunks of ego that had been there before. And suddenly you're faced with a, this a huge challenge. And people have gone through spiritual awakening only sometimes, even without ever having come into contact with any spiritual teaching, purely because the ego got burned up through enormous suffering in the face of challenge. And then the next state was suffering drove them into surrender, total acceptance, no more complaining, no complaining entity. It burned up the ego in them. Intense suffering can burn up the ego. There are some people in prisons, a few, I don't know how many. Of course, there are some people who are in prison falsely accused and condemned, but and others have done very bad things in states of complete unconsciousness. And there are some people in prison who are in for life or even on death row, and through the suffering ultimately self-inflicted, the karmic retribution that came to them, the suffering of either knowing I'm never going to get out of here or death is awaiting, that suffering, for example, imagine, I'm never going to get out of this prison. That's what they tell me. I'm never going to never. So you project yourself into this unending, dreadful future, and it's dreadful suffering. Your entire life is total, a total failure. I'm totally messed up, and I messed up completely. I did, I did that. It's so painful, and every day I have to think about that. What could be more awful? And, and then after dreadful suffering, something inside happens, and, and suddenly there's just intense presence. You don't even go to the future anymore because it's been taken away from you. And there you are, the egoic identity completely burned away through suffering. So suffering is one way, and entering presence voluntarily is a little easier. But you're only ready to do that now because you've had the suffering that you have had. It has taken you to this point where you realize the possibility of voluntarily entering, by choice, a different state of consciousness. This possibility has arisen in you, which is an enormous thing in human evolution. In the past, evolution has happened very, very slowly, a gradual increase in consciousness through multiple life forms over millions of years. And now for the first time, a life form can consciously cooperate in entering a new state, a new evolutionary stage, a new state of consciousness. 
But you needed the suffering, to, it has had a function, and many of you know that you would not be here if you had not gone through states of unhappiness and varying degrees of suffering. So let's be really thankful. You need suffering until you don't. And you have reached a point of realization where you don't need more suffering for your further the evolution of your consciousness. But in case you do, <laughs> life will give it to you. <laughs> you will continue. I'm not promising, I'm not telling you, you will not experience further challenges in life. The difference, however, is as presence arises more and more, you're not transforming the challenges of life into unhappiness, and into an unhappy identity. You're not transforming the challenges of life into an unhappy self, a victim self, an angry self, a complaining self, a heavy self, a very dense self, a self that if you were conscious you would never want to live with. Unawakened people, in many cases, live with an entity, this mind-made self, that is so unpleasant, they would have left it long ago if that were a person that they live with. They would have said, no way, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not living with you. I don't want to live with you. You make me unhappy all the time. <laughs> and in a way, many of you have reached that point where you realized something else is possible. There is another way. And so that was the beginning of your awakening. So as your practice, choose. They don't have to be long, brief moments of either when you're contemplating or when you're doing things, pure, aware presence. So the person recedes, presence arises. Then you begin to do little things in presence, and then you do bigger things in presence, and that's how the integration happens. But choosing presence is vital. This is how the consciousness arises. Now the question that may have popped up in one or two of you, I can almost hear it, is who chooses presence? Well, it's certainly not me as the ego doesn't choose presence. I'm now suggesting an alternative perspective on it that might be more helpful. We could also say that presence chooses you. And then the next question arises, well, why did presence choose me? <laughs> well, you got out of the way. For a moment you stopped thinking and presence was there. But why was I able to stop thinking? Because presence was pushing up. It wanted to emerge. Now, as you might have noticed, there's no question to the why questions. There okay, can always be another why. Children sometimes do that. The new state of consciousness wants to arise in humans. It's pushing. And if you're totally close to it, millions unfortunately still are, just watch the news tonight or don't. If you're totally close to it, the ego is so dense and heavy that there's not the slightest crack then, of course, life knows the only thing that works is suffering. That's not fair. 
Yes, it is. That's how it works. <laughs> and ultimately, there are different levels of truth. They're all true on their own level. Suffering is dreadful on its own level. From a higher level, human suffering is like a nightmare that you wake up from, from a higher perspective. And ultimately, no human being is an autonomous entity. Every human being is an aspect of the totality of human consciousness, and the totality of human consciousness is an aspect of universal consciousness. So what looks to us on one level as a, a suffering entity, from another level is an inevitable part of the awakening out of the dream the, of unconsciousness that the universe is dreaming. So you can know this even in your own life. You can, rec you can look back on your suffering, as I can, and see how necessary and vital it was for the awakening. So if that's true in my life, it must be true everywhere else. And it is even true when it seems totally senseless for the individual who is suffering. Because quite often this particular individual may not awaken through the suffering. There's millions are suffering and die without experience and awakening of consciousness as this individual entity. But this individual entity ultimately is only one aspect of the totality. And the essence of that individual entity is the timeless essence of consciousness itself that is never lost and cannot die. So ultimately what is suffering is not truly the essence of who you are. And from a higher perspective, all human suffering is the nightmare of humanity that is bringing about an awakening. If you had a nightmare, your desire to awaken which would be much greater to awaken from that sleep, that dream, than if you were engaged in a relatively pleasant dream. Okay, let's have another drink. And now another sensory experience. And it's, oh, it's not that bad. Let's dream a bit more. Do you want to awaken? No, I don't think so. I'm not ready. <laughs> but suddenly the door opens and this incredible monster comes in through the door. <laughs> oh my God, do you want to awaken now? Yes, please. <laughs> Don't forget your sword of presence. Always carry it with you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince. Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. One. 
two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.